welcome to Alpha Podflight, where every episode a guest joins me to talk about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. My name's Gareth A. Hopkins, and this time I'm joined by Tony Esmond. Tony, can you... Hello. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Are you right to introduce yourself to the listeners uh, who may not have heard you? Um, yeah, I do. I'm on... Uh, I write for Never Iron Anything and Down the Tubes, and I'm on the... Um, Awesome Comics Podcast, which you've been a guest on a couple of times, haven't you? Uh, yeah, twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. There you go. That's me. How okay. Do I, uh, I, I tend to swear, but I'm not going to swear today. I'm going to uh, I'm going to curtail the swearing. How's I that? think, in all honesty, as an yeah. Alpha Flight podcast, if There's anybody no except middle-aged men listen to it, I'll be genuinely surprised. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you're all right to swear. Right, okay. Um, this there's a couple of euphemisms that appear in this issue. <laughs> we'll draw on. Yeah. <laughs> um, which brings us round to the issue that we're covering, which is uh, 22. Uh, yes. Uh, which is uh, written and drawn dramatically by John Byrne, embellished <laughs> enthusiastically by Bob Wycheck, coloured prismatically by Andy Ankus, lettered alphabetically by Rick Parker, yeah, I put a question mark next to that one, lettered alphabetically. He was running out of things to say there, wasn't he? I think he ran out. Because it's not technically lettered alphabetically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, edited diplomatically by Dennis and Neil and observed enigmatically by Jim Shooter. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you could give us a quick synopsis or any type of synopsis okay. <laughs> of the comic. It's, uh, well, shall I start on the cover? Yeah, How's that? good idea. Yeah, the cut. I remember, I remember this from a kid reading this and thinking it was weird. And uh, I think we've had a little chat beforehand, and it is a bit weird, isn't it? This issue. Um, the yeah, cover is. On. Yeah, there, there is, isn't there? There's the cover is um, a lady who looks like someone I saw in Greg's in Croydon <laughs> a few weeks ago. A very Working large. There or buying. No, just hanging out. Okay. You know, um, a very large lady in a pink dress who's called Pink Pearl. So the, t- the, the it's Alpha Flight Twenty Two. Um, she's holding on to um, Aurora and North Star. She's got standing on North Star's head, and she's holding um, Aurora's hair, her new haircut, her new trendy haircut. Yeah. Um, we can see and, some circus equipment in the background. Yeah, there's a sort of one of those things that elephants put stands on type yeah. thing behind her, and a bit of sort of muddy, sandy floor. And it says, "Meet Pink Pearl, such a nice lady." And I thought, I remember even when I thought saw that as a kid, I thought this is a bit weird. It's a bit of a undramatic. That's a weird thing to write. Such a nice lady. Yeah. I mean, she's clearly not a nice lady. You know, she could easily be a character on a recent episode of EastEnders. <laughs> that way. <laughs> uh, she's got there's that sort of the blob quality to her, isn't there? Where she's sort of so huge. She looks like a female blob, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 They very um, subtly coloured and inked her her belly in as well. <laughs> yeah, and her sort of weird teeth. Yeah. Which sort. Of Frightened me a little bit, and she has technically got a Croydon facelift haircut, hasn't she? True, which I quite yeah. liked. Yeah, yeah. So, um, going to page one, uh, Stanley presents, um, and then I don't know why it's called <laughs> this, but this this is where we begin. I'm, I'm sure this is why I, you know I suggested I do this this issue, but the title of it is called Rub Out, yeah. which uh, only just occurred to me. I never realised that, and it's done in sort of blue... <laughs> massive bubble writing. Yeah, <laughs> for no reason at all. No, I can't figure that out because there's like there's not really any clowns in it either, are there? Would you, you rub? No, no, there's no. It's like a balloon for a clown sort of thing, but I don't know. I don't know why that is. Um, I've written in my notes, rub out, and then I've written ha huh, with a question mark next to it, which sort of sums up yeah the euphemism that I was searching for there. Because um, uh, so the, the titles in Alpha Flight uh, are either very like. Uh, they reference poetry and like sort of like grandiose okay. novel titles. Um, right. What was the? So I've just read twenty again. And the title for that is "Gold and Love Affairs," which is uh, taken from a Spanish proverb. Oh wow! Okay. So uh, he must have just been on autopilot this week. This month, <laughs> yeah. For rub out. Yeah. Because there would have been no sort of um, computer program that you'd have got that lettering from. You'd you'd hand letter that as a title. Somebody had to draw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, somebody. Um, lettered alphabetically by Rick Parker, obviously. Um, and it, the, the first page is sort of splash page. It's snowing outside, which is, is nice, actually, because it's snowing outside my window now, because we're in the the amazing snowy wastes, aren't the we, today? The middle of uh, 
Icy Bastard 2018. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jean-Marie is uh, Bobier or... Um, as we know, Aurora is sort of standing in the doorway of her brother's house. I think it's his house and she's in a bikini and she's looking cold. Yeah. Um, and then she sort of comes in and she collapses. Um, and you realize she's in a sort of shy personality, isn't she? She's in a, she's sort of, um, I think she's been on a boat with, um, Sasquatch yeah. or is that right? I think, yeah. Walter right, L- yeah. Langowski. Yeah. And, um, so in the and previous sort of, episodes, they went out yeah. to one of his childhood properties. Because I forgot that as well as being a nuclear physicist and a yeah. ex-football player, he's also insanely rich. And wears a cat <laughs> quite jauntily in that previous yeah, issue, doesn't he? Really, he? Yeah. yeah, he loves that hat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they, they go out to his his house, don't they? Yeah, and it's that's it's been taken over by that weird half-robot lady. Spoilers. Yeah. Um and then, so he takes her into his living room and he sort of sits her on the couch. And I'm, I've written a note here that say, I think that the person who decorated John Paul's living room may have decorated Michael Jackson's house <laughs> because it's full of sort of huge tape, tape reel recorders and statues everywhere. And it's just sort of strange, isn't it? Big mirrors. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, um, just on that second page there in the background is his boyfriend. Yes. Who, who sort of barely makes an appearance, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, they don't talk about him at all. But I, yeah. I assume it's his boyfriend. But um, that's what I thought. Writing. But in retrospect, I thought that. I don't think I thought that at the time. You probably know. wouldn't have, because I mean, John Byrne was writing him as a gay character without ever saying he's saying gay. It. Oh, okay. So, mm. maybe it was John Byrne's idea of how a gay man would decorate his apartment. Later. <laughs> yeah, the, the flamboyant <laughs> statues. Um, yeah, it's a cracking apartment. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. I like the way he's wearing a sort of body warmer, red body warmer as well. I love John Byrne's sense of clothing sometimes. He's got he's sort obviously of... gone through a catalogue from the 70s and just picked out choice, <laughs> yeah. choice outfits. Yeah. I might start wearing a, a green shirt and a red body warmer around the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. So, and it, but it, as she remembers, it's done... The, the colourist gets a bit of a day off, doesn't he? And it's done in sort of... The people are all sort of yellowy gold and the background's sort of blue. Yes. Uh, as she's sort of having this sort of dream backwards about what's happened on this boat. And then she's sort of woken up outside his house. Um, and then he sort of thinks, oh, what shall I do? Um, shall I tell Alpha Flight? And then he realises, oh, no, I've fallen out with Alpha. At that point, he'd fallen out with them, hadn't he, I think. Yeah. Um, and he thinks, oh, I won't do. And then uh, John Byrne does a sort of panel just of him putting the phone back down. The thing that I noticed, going back to read this, the thing I noticed most was there's so many words. Yeah. Like, he loves, he loves I mean, I don't mind that. I don't mind, mind a densely written page, but there's an awful lot. You're, probably a third of the page is taken up by thought balloons, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, call back to the first episode with my son. Yeah. Um, there's lots of people having big chats. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But because they weren't worried of, I mean, half a page of dialogue in a comic was... It was fine, path the course. Yeah. I mean, and obviously they've worked, worked with Claremont, where it's yeah, three exactly. quarters of a page's dialogue. So, mm. yeah, exactly. There's there's definite Claremont influences in this. You get you get all the little sort of hints at future storylines, don't you, as well yeah. as you go along, which is very Claremont, I think. Yeah. Um, and then you get the, then you get a little interlude. You get um, um, a shot of I think it's Van, is it Vancouver? I think yeah. Um, and Heather, who later becomes Vindicator, and Elizabeth, two young men. Yep. Yeah, I'm saying nothing about that last name. <laughs> Ken had some questions about that as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I glossed over them pretty quickly when we were talking about it on the episode. But yeah. <laughs> There's a little hint for me to do the same. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> right, and she, she then becomes Talisman. I think she was Talisman already at that point, wasn't she? I yeah, think she'd become she'd, uh, in the past four issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that as a. I like Terry as a character, and I really liked Heather as a character actually. Yeah. And I like the way because in the first few issues of Alpha Flight, they did sort of an origin story, didn't they, in the back? Yeah. And he makes Heather much more sort of goofy looking, doesn't he? Um, she's got sort of shorter hair and sort of more geeky glasses and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think as you go on, Heather sort of amps up the sort of bit large in charge, and also looks a bit sexier as you go along. I think. Um, I think he, I think she improves in in Burns' eyes. Is what I saw it. He, he begins to so talk too, to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely develops as a character. Um, yeah, usually, yeah, and fleshes out because when she's introduced, she was just sort of 
Guardian's wife, who was, uh, yeah, she just existed for him. And then as yeah. soon as he's not about anymore, she she does sort of grow into herself. I think she really does, yeah. And you, and the, this sort of storyline, I like this. I remember reading, I remember this most distinctly of this issue, which is weird. When you think there's so much going on in this issue, I remember this scene from when I read it as a kid. Um, about she sort of thinks she sees her dead husband. Yeah. Um, and through the crowd, which does come back and haunt you, I think, in further issues. That's a sort of explained that she's not going mad, you know. And um, she runs through the sort of rainy streets to a street that's completely deserted. And um, Talisman says to her, but Heather, he's dead when she says she thinks she sees him. And that's really well done. I really like the way that Byrne does that sort of thing. He does it quite a lot, you know? Yeah, he'll often just like drop in like two page seeds for for whatever he wants to do next. Yeah. And, And in his run, I think he definitely had arcs set out for the characters. Um, Sasquatch's yeah. character arc ends within his run, uh, and you okay. can see from the yeah. start that he's he's planned it. He knows what's going to happen. Whereas someone like Claremont writing X Men, you didn't always get the idea that he knew how a particular it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Claremont had that famous A B C thing, didn't he? Where you'd have the A plot, you'd have the B plot ready to take over, and you'd hint at the C plot, and they would almost rotate. Yeah. But I think some of his stuff didn't play out eventually. I suppose that's easy to do when you think Claremont was writing it for all those years and Byrne was only writing this for three years, I suppose, was it? Something uh, like that. 29 issues. Okay. So, yeah, uh, four years. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But considering he didn't want to do it when he started, uh, that's right. still quite impressive. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I remember the first issue coming out and being really like, like desperate to get to the newsagents to buy it. And, you know, it's a great thing. Yeah. Because there were like characters we hadn't really seen and, and we all loved Byrne so much at the time. Yeah. Thought, oh, this is going to be excellent. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so back to the comic. Um, so um, we then go back to the A storyline, which is John, um, John Paul and John Marie. Um, they're obviously having their problems. So they just, what do you do when you're having problems? You decide to go to the circus. <laughs> um, which it, it comes a little bit out of left field. I'm not sure if I'm missing something from the previous issue, but um, it just does seem a bit no. strange. Because uh, uh, I. I can't remember what the seed of going to the circus was, to be honest. No, no I can't remember why it's suddenly there was. I don't think it was a hint that I remember of anyway. That there's a hint that he's he knows these people in the circus. I don't know. Anyway, he does, and <laughs> this is something I really noticed. He, so they pull up in his sort. Of, he's got like a, um, is it a jag or something like that, like yeah, a white like jag, bizarre sort of car. <laughs> um, and they pull up, and he's wearing um, classically, obviously, he's wearing a sort of white and blue shirt a yellow jumper a mustard jacket and blue jeans yeah um and uh, and and a clementine who's this woman who you discover how they met later on but she sort of she's a friend of his she just sort of runs out and sudden kisses him she sort of kisses him just out of the blue just straight away yeah um and Byrne does that all the time i went back through <laughs> and i think i found six examples of it just in alpha flight where i mean he's quite well known for sort of having strong female characters in need, but they, yeah. they're they always sort of running up to men and just suddenly kissing them. Um, yeah, now that so. you mentioned that, because as I said, I read 20 just now. And right. Yeah, Aurora just randomly kisses a lumberjack in that. That's right. Yeah, that, that, yeah. and she has to be, uh, he pulls the lumberjacks away, doesn't That's he? That's quite, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just to prove sort of, that she she does what she likes sort of thing because she was the, the old multiple personality thing wasn't it I think yes that's it yeah, yeah. that was her trying to anyway I'll talk about that when I talk about twenty whenever that will be okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not ruin that because I actually really like that issue I was I was sending you screenshots of that last week it was nice because that's yeah. that's a great issue yeah um so I, I remember reading this as a kid and thinking that's a bit weird that sort of short haired punky lady just run up and kissed him on the mouth I said and as a kid I thought oh I hope real life is like that yeah. <laughs> This, uh, which isn't, sadly. <laughs> Explains why he went to the circus so much. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to the circus more if this happened. <laughs> Usually when I go to the circus, it just sort of smells of poo, and there's sort of trashy caravan living people hanging about, you know. And that's the ones with animals cool. as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Clementine, so Clementine's in trouble, his mate's in trouble, and she sort of explains that um, there's this woman, Pink Pearl, who, um, as it turns out, speaks in the third person all the time, as, as all good sort of large characters do, don't they? It's a sort of go-to. 
if you're like huge in a comic, you'll often speak in the third person. Um, I know because I've just written someone who does that. Um, uh, it just seems to be like the obvious thing to do. And she sort of uh, people keep leaving the circus or being threatened and leaving or injuring themselves and leaving. And this pink pearl is getting her own sort of people in. But there's a knock at the door during the conversation and it's opened. And this is John Byrne not mucking about with any sort of story or, you know, he just gets straight to it, doesn't he? And, and yeah. a big fat arm comes through and punches Clementine. <laughs> And it is Pink Pearl. And then you get this sort of big upward shot of this huge, let's say, lady. My, my dad always said, cool women ladies until they prove you wrong. Um, <laughs> and uh, and she's sort of standing over her with her big sort of belly over the top of her, looking yeah. scary. <sighs> God, there's, there's scarier Marvel villains, aren't there? Do you know what I mean? I'm not just sort of a fat lady in a frilly dress, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there are some creepy baddies in this one, though. There are, yeah, yeah, there are, yeah, and there's there's some cracking dialogue as well. So anyway, so um, North Star intervenes, and suddenly, just from the window, um, a, one of these sort of guys who sort of bendy, skinny guys, yeah. who obviously would fit themselves into a box as part of his act or something, flies through the window, and um, Pearl shouts, "Take him, Bones!" <laughs> and he and he sort of grabs him like a sort of weird spider monkey person thing going on isn't it yeah um and he says sapriest which yeah. i texted during the week yes. um i looked up it means by jove i don't it's know that sounds a bit though, on the nose because i've ah. been looking i've been looking up as well so yeah um sapristi is the only translation i could get for which is spanish which is the same one yeah that's what i found yeah but then when i googled that it was loads of people talking about tintin comics because apparently ah, tintin right. says it oh, so right, okay. May, I don't know whether uh, it's where it's picked up from Tintin or if it's just a thing that uh, French people say that doesn't get written down. Yeah, uh, or for it, maybe just French Canadian people. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's said quite a few times, and it, it it's almost repeated later. I'm not sure if this was consciously done by Burton because it it becomes like a political, almost the word that describes a political movement later on yeah. in the issue, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah my, um, the transla- the, when I looked it up, it was a mild expletive. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's adopt it. Let's use it. <laughs> I will now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, he's sort of held onto by this weird bloke called Bones, uh, who's sort of entangling <laughs> in his limbs. Yeah. And Aurora is um, suffocated by the lady's boobs. I think that's the best way I've, I've written it down. And um, Burn goes back to the old bubble words, and he uses the um, sound "foomph" as she sort of slams her head into her stomach's sort of cleavage area. Yeah, yeah, that's quite cool. The um, infamous deadly area, the the, the triangle between <laughs> a lady's breast and her belly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so and then that's what knocks her out. So they've 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 taken these sort of two super speed people, super fast people who can let off a sort of bright light when they touch and stuff like that. I know she's yeah. had her powers changed a bit recently, hasn't she? Yes. Or, uh, and um, they've de- beaten them by holding on to one of them and pressing the other one into someone's boobs. Yeah. That's beaten them. And then Clementine has sort of come to... I think I like like um, Burn does sort of bruises on people's faces as well. She's sort of come to to get up to, to have, a, have a go. Yeah. And she's got this sort of bruise to her mouth. I think actually looks... I think that's quite... As a sort of shortcut to say this person has been punched in the face works really well, yeah. I think. It's good. Yeah. Just a quick yeah. note on the powers part. So yeah. in the previous issue, um, Aurora and Northstar fell out. So she had Sasquatch as as a scientist yeah. um, alter her powers. Uh, and she's still sort of relearning them. But when she... Some stuff happened in previous issues which made her revert back to her sort of straight-laced uh, personality, Jean-Marie, who is the opposite yeah. of Aurora. And when yep. she's Jean-Marie, she hasn't got powers. Ah, oh, okay. That rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten that. Yeah. Um, but Northstar prefers Jean-Marie to Aurora. Yeah. So, okay, which yeah. Which is why he's trying to... He's happy to have her around. Ah, uh, okay. We get a bit of play on that later on, don't we? In yeah. the uh, the big fight scene. Yeah, that that sort of turns around. Oh, I get you. I'd forgotten that that, that was the case. You know, powers when she was in that personality. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, so it's left with um, Pink Pearl and Bones are um, 
they've won they've won the fight and um and then we get we go to another little interlude which involves box yeah. and um Mr. He, Jeffries. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that <laughs> famous superpower superhero mr jeffries yeah, yeah. Madison Jeffries is the most boring character, isn't he? You know, like, I like him. I like reading about him, but he just sort of stands about in normal clothes. Yeah. And intimates he can do stuff. Yeah. For whole episodes. Yeah, whole issues. But him and Box are sort of experimenting with the armour because obviously there'd been problems with it, hadn't there, previously, where Box had almost, almost been responsible for the death of, um, um, the leader, hadn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? Of Guardian. Um, so they have a little conversation about that and then they have a conversation about how addictive it is to be in the armor yeah and then um he sort of separates and they and they drive off and which is, i think is quite well done actually i quite like box as a character actually i, I really know he like com- box really comes into his own later to, doesn't he yeah this is the first time i've got to talk about it, but i really like his character yeah because he's in some respects he's a stand-in for like Sasquatch, geeks. isn't he? And, and oh, geeks okay. as well. Because right. so, like, yeah. when you see his house when he's first introduced, he's like got comic books everywhere. And so it, although he's like this scientist person who builds a suit of armor, which he can uh, move in and out of through some sort of electric yeah. magic. I don't know. Yeah, don't so, know. it's a weird one, isn't it? Because he's actually in the armor, isn't he? It's not as if he's... In some of them, he actually sort of almost goes into the armor. It's hard to make yeah. out the way he does it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I really like his character. He's, um, uh, I've said on other pod- on other uh, episodes of this podcast that a lot of the characters in Alpha Flight aren't particularly uh, pleasant people. Yeah. Uh, they've yeah. got stuff going on which means that they're unlikable. But Box is genuinely likable. Yeah. And Mr. Jeffries yeah, no, no. in his own way. Um, yeah, Mr. Jeffries. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jeffries goes to Canada. You can do it in a movie called that, he goes there and does some metal stuff, which you don't see. Oh, he can do plastic as well. I read it on uh, Wikipedia today. Oh, can he? I thought, oh, what's he about? I looked at it. So he can manipulate metal and plastic. Yeah, useful, uh, okay. isn't it? Okay. Um, mm. In the Bill Mantlo issues, I've read a few of them, uh, yeah. he really dials up his use of powers to an extravagant Oh, does he? It's so long since I've seen them, yeah. Yeah, so uh. th- there's an issue where uh, he... Uh, turns a car into a plane, into a bike, into a shed, just like does it <laughs> constantly. Um, right. Whereas in jo- in Burns' run, he just sort of uh, refines other people's uh, creations. Right, I see. Yeah, yeah I get you. Yeah, it's so long since I've read them. I know we were talking about this before we we started recording, but it's it's easy to read the Burn stuff, isn't it? Digitally, even you can just download it. Yeah, um, but the rest of the run doesn't seem to be. There's the odd issue, isn't there? I think we're, we're, there's been an event or something's happened, but most of the rest of the run you can't find on Comicsology at the moment. It's hard to get hold of. I know they're yeah. not expensive to buy in sort of pound bins and stuff like that. They just take a while to track down. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there, there's a few which are nearly constantly available, which are good ones. Uh, which are, but they're like yeah. horror comics because um, Bill Mantlo, uh, right? Phil, I get you. Phil from Outflight, not Net. AlphaFlight.net pointed out that Bill Mantlo turned into a horror comic for a little while. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah. So, ah. yeah. But that was um, Box and Mr. Jeffries, and they're just uh, working out kinks in the new Box. Yeah, we got to see some nice burn art of um, Box, didn't we? Sort of flying yeah. about. And, and he does that. Burn also does that thing where people are flying in a clear blue sky really well. He does it a lot in this series, hmm. um, where you see the sort of trail of them, especially with um, North Star. You get that trail of them behind them, and he does he does that here with Box. The Box is sort of t- like turn. He's almost trying to draw a square with his um, the trail from his boots. That's right, yeah. Um, does like two right hand turns almost straight away just to show the sort of maneuverability of the armor. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I always felt he was a bit vulnerable. I don't know why Box. I always sort of worried a bit for him because I thought, oh, he's going to get stuck in the armor, or he's going to get his arms pulled <laughs> off, and he knows this sort of thing. But then yeah. again, I felt that a bit with Sasquatch because Sasquatch was always, oh, he got this super powered, super strong character, but it, things were all bad. Things were always happening to him, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Puck like, as well. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Puck yeah, it's Marina sort of lot. rips his stomach out at one point, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she I remember. Does, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, I like Puck actually. He's a good character. Everyone likes Puck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, have you? Are you aware of the origin story that Bill Mantlo gave him though? Um, Not long after he took over. I, I know he was away. like a bouncer in a bar at some point or no, something. 
No, no, well, no I don't know it then. Yeah, I can't much, remember it. Much stupider than that. But that was we'll, it. We'll, yeah. I'll talk about that another time. Oh, okay, um, good. Just on these one. pages quickly, one thing that I yeah. really like about this, uh, and it highlights something that I think Byrne does really well, yeah. is that he sizes his characters appropriately. So yeah. when you read uh, other comics, all the people are sort of the same height. So they've read in a drawing manual that everyone should be, I don't know, what, five heads height or something like that. Right, but, okay. Um, here you've got the Box, the massive robot, and then Mr. Jeffries, who's normal size, and then Box, the the man is much smaller. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's something the way that Alpha Flight's been brought together. All the characters have different densities and weights and sizes. Um, oh, okay. It's really interesting. interesting for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll tell, I'll tell you what. Um, looking at, I was looking at this this page earlier, the one where he he, he sort of transforms out of the armor. Yeah. And um, and I was looking at the face of Box in this, and there's there's the real Japanese seeming Japanese influence in relation to the designer Box here. Yeah. To me, he looks like something out of a anime or manga. And then it, it reminded me that didn't Alpha Flight earlier on fight against a government? They like help train a government robot that yeah, was a bit right. like a Shogun warrior and formed into like a big robot or something. Is that right? Yeah, um, and that's the one that I spoke to Phil about. Um, ah, okay. Uh, yeah, it was sort of a. It was five robots who joined together to become one massive robot that the government yeah. were, were training. Yeah, uh, or testing, I should say. That's right. And the one that I always remembered about that is, I remember there being like real jeopardy. Does one does one have like uh, like Doc Ock style tentacles and starts almost killing um, Aurora? No, we might be thinking about different. Oh no, yeah. yeah. So he does. Um, he wraps some sort of electric whip around Aurora. That's it. Um, yeah. And she's but, saying something like, this, and it breaks her ribs. I remember that. It broke her ribs or something. And... It broke her ribs because Guardian. Yeah. Because uh, this is after Garden has come back from the dead, he mm. shot the robot and electrocuted it, and then uh, Aurora got hit by the electricity. Ah, oh, okay, right. Um, yeah. So it was a, it, that was a way for Byrne to show that Guardian was not the tactical genius that he was when he was right. before Interesting. he died. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's weird when you look at it like that. Wait, everyone in Alpha Flight is vulnerable, aren't they? Everyone is. There's no one, there's no like Thor or, you know, you think it's pretty much indestructible. He's not going to, you worry that everyone might not come back from a yeah. fight, I think, sometimes. There is that, yeah. And Sasquatch is the most invulnerable, but then as his story plays out, you find out that he's in the most trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I know he, there's a, let's not ruin future episodes, but there's a Sasquatch box connection later on, isn't there? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I found really interesting and almost a little bit of a shame because I quite liked the box character. I thought, oh, he can't go back into his robot again now. You know, it's almost like that, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then in the Mantler run, he gets properly ruined, which is, is I think, I like lots about the Mantler run. Um, yeah. But he does get, he does things which uh, go against the spirit of the burn run. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, back to the story and burn does um so i hate the fact that burn's given a hard time because everyone goes on about alpha flight and they go oh do you remember that issue he did there's all white panels yeah. well he didn't because it was five pages of white panels i counted them today <laughs> and the rest is quite detailed although yeah. he does in the previous issue do a couple of pages of black panels doesn't he when he's um searching around the castle or his stately yes, home that's right yeah. you know but then again he does so much more in a page as well than a lot of people you know but the first panel when she sort of comes to is a sort of black panel with colored dots as if you were seeing sort of dots in front of your eyes and i think it yeah. works you know i yeah. think it works really well in guided view as well and it's a zoom out as well so yes. if you think that the, the dots are her eyes it zooms out so you see her eyes and it zooms out again so you see her profile and yeah, then the head zooms out again so that you see where she is yeah um yeah i mean he's, he, like, he had a real grip of that didn't he he had a real grip of storytelling like that but he really yeah. did yeah 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 I'd love, I mean, Byrne's still reasonably busy, isn't he? I know he does those photo novel things, but he does other comics as well. You know, I'd love to see him back on something. I don't know why, but maybe he's too expensive. I don't know what the answer to that one is. I but. think he uh, doesn't like working for big companies anymore. Right, OK. I think that's what it is, from what I can tell. Yeah, OK. Um, yeah, he's so just she... got strong opinions, and some of his opinions I agree with, and some of them I disagree with, and he seems to hold a grudge, so... <laughs> 
It's like every other Marvel DC creator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of any other examples of that recently. Ethan <laughs> Van Skyver. The uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to see him do an X Men book. Uh, it would be imagine the, the the press that would get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. he does quite a lot with IDW. And if this rumour going round is true that Marvel might be getting publishing through IDW, then you know what would happen there. It might yeah. be all right. You never know. Never know. They live in hope. Anyway, so she wakes up on the floor of the um, circus tent, I suppose it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and next to her is her brother with Clementine in a sort of red jumpsuit. It's a bit like a Wonder Girl jumpsuit she's got on, isn't it? Reminds me a bit of that from the new Teen Titans. Yeah. Um, but she's got sort of punky short hair laying on top of him. And um, as traditionally, um, Pearl describes her future plans and she's got this sort of huge... Very sci-fi bomb. Not really <laughs> sure where she got that from. <laughs> looks like a, a lunar module sort of thing standing behind her. Yeah. Um, and she sort of describes what she's going to do with it. And it turns out that um, she knows that Jean-Paul and Clementine used to be members of the separatist yeah. movement who wanted independence for the province of Quebec. There you go. Yes. Um, so we discovered, had we known that about him before? I'm not sure. If we no, this that. is where you find out. Right, okay, because that comes back to haunt him later on, doesn't it? I think he gets a bit of a, gets questioned about it, doesn't he, in a later issue? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, so uh, she sort of lays her plans out, and there's <laughs> Byrne does a typical shot of a house with sort of security guards standing outside, and then to illustrate the fact she's going to let the bomb off, he does a whole <laughs> panel of like a Hiroshima-style bomb explosion. Yeah. Um, and then you go straight from that explosion in, like, into a, like, a dirty close-up of <laughs> Pearl's face, which just is horrific, isn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's like Modoc. If, it if is. The, yeah, if the it panel is. border was her head, she'd be Modoc. Yeah, I'm going to do Modoc Pearl slash fiction, I think, <laughs> from now on. Um, so, um, they have a fight, and, um, Aurora returns, like you, like you predicted. Well done, you. Yeah. Um, and she sort of flies off and they ha- they then have a sort of not a long fight but against the bearded lady, um, a sort of Russian strongman, I'm going to say. He's yes. got a sort of that sort of Russian red jumper sort of look about him, isn't it? <laughs> That's how you know he's Russian. Yeah, he's Ali. Yes. <laughs> he's got a red jumper on. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Pearl, who's particularly agile, sort of see- seems to sort of throw herself stroke fly into the air yeah. in, on- in order to land on top of aurora who says sapriest again she says that that's quite yeah. common isn't it you know um and so she's it looks like pearl's winning the day and bones decides to um <laughs> throw a knife at aurora he's also one of these like guys who has like hands full of knives isn't he you know like yeah. as if he's throwing it at a, a lady tied to a sort of revolving table or something um and he throws it right into the um suffocation area of um <laughs> pearl's chest uh, who does who shouts out no in bubble language again um, and it goes. Sorry, I might have to start referring to a lady's <laughs> chest as a suffocation area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, um, that's he misses her because Clementine sort of bumps into him, doesn't she? Throws herself at him in a. You know, she's sort of tied up. She gets on her feet and throws himself in. Um, yeah. Now I found this bit weird because um, Flump, um Pearl collapses on the floor. Yeah. And I thought, oh, was she that knife didn't go in very far, did it? It's sort of, it looks like some kids drawn it in their drawing book, knife sticking out of someone types knife. Um, you know, do you know what I mean? By that? I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it knocks her backwards and she falls on the floor and then immediately, um, Aurora runs over and listens to her heart. Yeah. Although there's no blood whatsoever. Um, and she, she doesn't like do anything. She just sort of leans in. I think she's still got her hands tied at that I point. Think I she's think she's still got her hands tied. Yeah. And listens, puts her head on top of um, Pearl's bosom, and listens to her heart. And she says, "Oh no, she's she's fine. She's she's not not dead. It's not stabbed her in the heart, but the force of the knife being thrown has hit her so hard it's knocked her out." Um, I thought, no, it's it's, I don't know. Maybe that's what you. Uh, oh, I the sudden know. shock. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it says she's not dead. All her fat seems to have cushioned her from a killing blow, but the sudden <laughs> shock has knocked her out. Yeah, look, and then looks like this little game is finny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the end of a cartoon, isn't it? Like an exciting cartoon. Yeah. Um, and then the police arrive, and there's there's sort of various barbs thrown between them, isn't there? And um, 
um, Aurora warns him, you, you know, yeah, she said, uh, you do not wish, uh, you have said you don't, do not wish a place in Alpha Flight North Star. Said bien. When I tell them of your past, you will no longer be welcome there. Yeah. And that's the sort of cliffhanger that we leave yeah. it on. Um, he's put his coat back on, turned his collars up and he's sort of standing there. He's always very sort of swish, isn't he? His hair's always sort of combed he's, back. He's, he's well put together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it sort of ends on that. And next issue is Snowbird Unleashed, Sasquatch at Bay, a soul-searching saga we could only call Night of the Beast. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the one after this is one of my favourites. Oh, okay. Three. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Right, so um, thank you yeah. for uh, your synopsis. Um <laughs> So what I think we've we've covered quite a lot of ground, but um, was there anything in particular that you liked about this issue? Um, I think probably there's the, the I'm always going about this one. If you listen to our podcast, I'm always going about the nostalgia factor. Yeah. Um, and there was a huge nostalgia factor for me reading this. I hadn't read this since when did this come out, Gareth? Do you know? Uh, let's turn to the front. 1985. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was in the fourth form, I think then. So I would okay. have been 14, 15. So I haven't read it since then. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking, oh, OK, there's really, really me- memories of it, especially the couple of bits like um, running through the rain, trying to find her ex-husband. Um, I remember that like most distinctly. And I remember um, when the they, they sort of premiered in the X-Men comic, yeah. I was sort of scrabbling about because back then you had to buy your comics from news agents and you couldn't always get a full run of them. So you used to have to like I used to cycle around all the news agents where I used to live um, or, or get the bus round, you know, all, I used to go w- widely about to try and find comics as they came in. And I couldn't get the whole run of them. So I didn't get the whole run of um, Alpha Flight. But so I would sometimes read the reprints that would have come up in um, the X-Men comic, which is where I first saw their appearance in the X-Men issue. Yeah. And I was really intrigued by them. And I was, and it is totally different from the other teams that are out there. Um, because we hadn't really seen a superhero team in Canada, there was that to it. And like you say, they're all such absurd characters that they're all sort of, they're strange characters, aren't they? It's, uh, there's nobody truly completely, apart from maybe Guardian, sort of truly, and um, Vindicator actually, are sort of truly heroic, I suppose. Puck, yeah. Puck has his moments, doesn't he? Um, yeah, Puck is. They've just all got uh, personality flaws. Yeah. In one sense or another. So I mean, Heather's when it starts off is she's dependent on on James on Guardian. Yeah. Guardian is that he's so wrapped up in whether what he's doing is ethically correct or not. He's very sort of work crazy, isn't he? And I know he's, he feels sort of slightly overshadowed. There's the moment I think where. I think is it the first issue where he discovers that they're not getting paid or something, and um, he says, um, "Does Captain America have these problems or something like that?" Yeah. So it's almost like a little bit overshadowed by other people. He's almost trying to prove himself a little bit. I think sometimes, you know, um, Sasquatch is a mess, isn't he? He's just a, uh, he's he's obviously a little bit sleazy. <laughs> um, he's got this sort of superpower, and he's obviously well chuffed that he's got it, but then loses control. Um, Snowbird is just a a very strange character, um, which seems to be like the tell me your ways of lovemaking in one issue. You think she says to her boyfriend, doesn't she? I forget his name now. He's sort of slightly weird guy. Yeah. Um, Mate from the RCMP. That's right. That's right. And isn't the isn't her captain? I think I was was flipping through some pages earlier. Isn't her captain look like Hitler? (laughs) Uh, Ken pointed that. He didn't say it explicitly, but yeah. Yeah. With his uh, pencil mustache. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of Charlie Chaplin impressionist, at least, which, as I understand it, that's what Hitler was. Um, the uh, And then Michael, two young men, he's okay, he's all right. You know, you get a bit of an origin story of him, don't you? But he was always yeah. a bit straight, a bit boring sometimes. He is very straight and boring. And, yeah. he, I mean, through the plot of the books, he just keeps making monumentally catastrophic mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, this is definitely fine. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm... I'm a proper surgeon and a yeah. medicine man. This is definitely going to go right. Oh, no, it's gone wrong, but it's not really my fault. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, he's, he's got a talisman. So his daughter comes back. Yeah. And he goes, put on, put on this headband. Everything's going to be fine. 
And then she's like, I can't take it off. He's like, yes, I didn't tell you that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like two go-to moves. Either he pulls a big long stick out of his bag, like some sort of comedy magician, or yeah. he loses his bag. And people go, oh, what's in this bag then? And something bad happens. I think that happens quite a few times. Um, uh, it does, actually, yeah. 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 Um, Marina, um, I don't know, there's something weird about her. She keeps she's like, losing She's not around it. very much. And no. She's got this, because she's like half eight. Oh, she is an alien. Yeah, the Plodox. I looked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she, she's in the, um, the John Byrne Submariner series, Namor series, which is really good, actually. Right. Um, she's almost a thematic sort of um, sequel to this in many ways. And, okay. and he does he does quite a few issues. Out. I'd, I'd recommend that to anyone who's enjoyed this sort of run of Alpha Flight to go and dig that out. Yeah. And it's another one that just suddenly changes style like Alpha Flight does and sort of loses a lot of the themes suddenly. Yeah. Um, Puck's a good character. Everyone likes him, like you told me earlier, and I agree with you. And I like it when he does cartwheels. That's my favourite thing, <laughs> which he does quite a lot when he's happy, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but even he's a bit sort of sexy some you can see he's got his eye on heather isn't he you know there's something going on he doesn't yeah he doesn't um disguise it though i don't think he tells her outright but him and right. um, him and shaman have a few conversations where that's right shaman's like look she's gonna need someone fancy him. yeah yeah fancy, yeah yeah um box is quite cool um then you've got obviously the people who didn't appear in this you've got like diamond lil and wild child and flashback and yeah. smart alec the worst one i'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> well smart alec cops it doesn't he straight yeah. away from, yeah from he's only in a brief he? yeah he's just yeah. got a sort of weird helmet isn't he but it looks like just a bit of a bloke down the pub yeah and without it on yeah yeah and um i just i've, I've mentioned previously my just total confusion for flashback. I don't understand how. So the people from the future, yeah, he gets, but they're called flashbacks. Yeah, I know what you mean. But also, if I was to call a version of myself from the future, first of all, that version would look a bit older than me. Yeah. And also, it would know what happened in the past. Yeah, that's true. So if I was like call myself for, if I was in a fight and I called a version of myself forward that version might say we're going to lose this fight you may as well just run away yeah yeah I think there's a lot to explore there which yeah and suddenly he wears like a reverse of his costume all of his flashback characters <laughs> have got like the reversal of his costume on they I'm not really sure yeah. why that is yeah I mean world anyway, yeah. Appears quite a lot, doesn't he? Wild Child comes back and is still sort of recurring every so often. You see him come back, don't you? He's a sort of sometimes sometimes hero. As I understand it, he he sort of gets reformed into a hero, which is a shame because he's a proper nasty little. He is, yeah. Yeah. And he's got that sort of lankiness about him that looks that works well, doesn't it? Sort of nasty, skinny face, lanky sort of. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I really like. um, He's got his hair in plaits as well. Yeah, which is the sign of a villain. Yeah. Um, the, um, I think probably what I remember most about it is reading this and um, obviously I'd, my the, one of the comics that had a huge impact on me as a kid and I think kind of comics that you read when you're 11 or 12 do really stick with you don't they you know um, oh, yeah. was uh, Claremont Byrne and Austin's X-Men and I think and it, I'll read it reread it now and I still think there's that there's very few comics have got better than that little Dark Phoenix run and stuff like that you know yeah. and I remember reading that and then I'm thinking oh Burns going to go off right he's leaving the X-Men which I was really pissed off about <laughs> even though Paul Smith was on it for a while and I yeah. quite liked his stuff but he weren't on it for long and I was really pissed off with Burn because he sort of obviously went off and did stuff and I thought oh good he's doing Alpha Flight so I read this but I, I remember even at the time thinking Burns a bit nuts and he but he just does he just sort of jumps about a bit and we didn't get that many comics back then so you know nowadays you'd have four alpha flight comics wouldn't you and you know if your burn was on them you know you'd have or you'd have like the avengers now how many avengers comics are there's about five you know back then all you had was the x-men that's all you had the uncanny x-men yeah really and then you had alpha flight and i was like oh this is this is pretty good i'm really liking this but it is it does fly about literally all over the place and yeah, and one thing that people always bring up is that it's a team book where the team is never in the same book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, very uh, rarely. They? It usually yeah. has one. Uh, it's usually two or three of them per issue. Yeah, um, yeah. It's almost like oh, I'm a bit interested in Aurora this week. I'll write something about her, and then I'm a bit interested in Puck 
or a snowbird or something. I'll go over and do a bit there. Yeah. And it does sort of flip about a bit like that. Yeah. Um, but saying that, it is really readable. I have to say, going back and rereading it, I'm done for years. Um, I found it a really, really good read. Yeah. Um, and if this was coming out today like this, I would enjoy it the same, I think. Yeah, well, because I didn't read it when it came out. Um, yeah. I only started reading it relatively recently, uh, but immediately hooked me in. So I started on the second uh, collection, the right. second trade, yeah. um, and then had to start just like hoovering the rest of it up from there. But, yeah. um, I just read, yeah, there's something solid about it, which isn't always present in, in modern comics. Um, yeah, I think you're right, mate. That's not fair. I think because modern comics is, is pretty broad, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's just, there's something about comics from this era, which I in, currently enjoy getting yeah. into. There's a sort uh, of, um, because, because we're cynical and older now, I suppose as well. And, and comics are cynical now as well. The, I, I would worry for these characters, you know, and I remember thinking, Oh, Amiga flight, that sounds really bad. Yeah. You know, um, someone's going to die. That's that. I'm really, you know, I'm really worried about that almost. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's uh, a weird one, isn't it? Alpha Flight sets you up for that because they do kill off the leader and he stays dead. Yeah, they they bait and switch that, don't they? Is he a robot yeah. or something? I can't remember what he is now. It, uh, so on. it's, I mean, spoilers for anybody who's listening to this who hasn't read Alpha Flight. Uh, that's a weird position to take. Um, <laughs> they, um, he, it's the robot assistant of the person. So. It, she start the robot starts off looking like a woman. Yes, that's right, a sort of gothy woman, isn't she? Yeah, and then yeah. she gets uh, something. Uh, she runs away or something, and then she comes back as fake guardian. Um, and yeah, she gets beaten again. But yeah, so that's. Yeah, yeah, and I also remember that isn't the Beyonder in this at one point as well in the run. There's a there's a Secret Wars episode, isn't there? Oh yeah, he turns up for like. Uh, <laughs> it's it's actually pretty bad. <laughs> it's one of the worst things that happens in the whole run. He turns right. up for like two pages. Uh, most of what happens, he, I think he beats everyone up, and then right. there's okay. a caption that says, "And then everyone's friends again." And then Beyond is just like, "Yeah, bye." And that's it. <laughs> but it is billed as a massive Secret Wars uh, crossover issue. Crossover, yeah, yeah. But it, it's not yeah, okay. on for very long. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, for this issue, I, 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 I really, I, I really like it, and I think. Although very annoying, um, Northstar is a really interesting character. He is, yeah. He's one of my favourite characters. I don't like him as a person, yeah. but I enjoy reading him, uh, and I think he's been well written. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's some writers at Marvel now who are confusing him with Quicksilver because there's that nasty hero-stroke-villain element to him, isn't there? Selfishness, I suppose, is the... And it's selfishness, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really like him. The The brother-sister thing always seemed totally weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're just waiting for them to kiss, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's, and they begin to like start looking the same as well. When she, yeah. I didn't like her haircut. I liked um, I like um, I like the original long hair. I quite yeah. like that. Call me a traditionist. And then she has that haircut. And I was looking at the last, the very last panel of this issue. Just reminds me of that woman who plays the barmaid in EastEnders. Who's sort of really hard <laughs> oh, hatchet face. What's her name? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I thought I don't like that. She looks really too tough now because I always thought she was. I don't know. I thought it was nicer than that. You know. Yeah. And she she's got this sort of hard eyebrows up what on earth is going on with that haircut how do you keep that haircut like that that's impossible isn't it it's almost like You're an asking hour. the wrong person yeah. um. <laughs> and me for totally <laughs> different reasons yeah. <laughs> yeah i know so that was um i always found their relationship strange um but i kind of found it weirdly interesting yeah and this issue's good because it, it does flesh out i mean that thing about North Star being a sort of domestic extremist stroke terrorist was a bit out of the blue, to be fair. That seemed a bit. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't a lot of uh, seeding for that little twist. To be yeah, honest. it goes from having this sort of boogie night's house with a boyfriend who just puts his head around the corner every so often. Yeah, and being a professional skier. Yes, that would mean that, see, yeah. I don't get that either. Yeah. Um, 
which is just an excuse for him to have a few quid and also um, illustrate the fact that he's fast, I suppose, uh, yeah. in in the sort of origin stakes. Um, and then, and then he apparently he's also this sort of righteous. You know, he'd be wearing a black hoodie and being a member of Anonymous these days or something, wouldn't he? You know, he's that sort of. Mo- yeah, he'd be uh, the black guard. Is that what right. they call them in riots? Yeah, black block. Uh, black block, yeah. Yeah, that sort of that sort of character, and um, I doubt that anything's really got on between him and Clementine. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe I'd be surprised maybe. if it had, and if it had, I think Northstar regretted it because <laughs> she's uh, quite sexy, very isn't she, Clementine. She's quite. I mean, she's very sort of. She's one of these sort of free love kind of people, which is why she works in the circus, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> It's like all carny folk, yeah. Yeah, they're all like that, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to have to wrap this up, I'm afraid. Okay, mate. Um, I'm having an absolute great time. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to have to draw it to a close. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all right, mate. Um, and, um, yeah, if I dig out any extra mantlos, I'll send them to you. And we oh, can brilliant. And we'll talk about yeah. how baffling they are. Yeah, yeah, I'm back for um, the mantlo one, definitely. If you, if you, are you going to go all the way through, are you? Or? Uh, well, at... As of speaking now, most of the burn run has been uh, taken, so yeah. we'll yeah. have to go on to the weirder one soon, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it yeah, gets a bit weird. Is it Peter David? Does he come on it? No, that's X Factor I'm thinking of. He I'm might thinking. do. Yeah. He, he yeah. turns up in nearly everything, doesn't he? So, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Good. But yeah, All right, mate. Thank Thanks for having me on. It's fun, I'm yeah. I'm going to stop the recording, uh, which I probably shouldn't say. Record scratch. As a semi-professional bellend, I rushed into that podcast because I had somewhere to be, uh, which meant that I didn't give Tony a chance to tell people where they could find him on the internet. He has kindly sent me those details, which I'll read out to you now. Uh, I have managed to resist the urge to read these out in a funny voice, which I expect some form of payment from Tony for. So uh, you can find him on Twitter at EZOES, which is E-Z-O-H-Y-E-Z. Uh, his blog is neverironanything.blogspot.uk. And you can listen to his podcast, which is awesomecomics.podbean.com. Um, that's the Awesome Comics podcast, which you can search for on iTunes um, or Podcast Addict, which is what I listen to it on. Um, and I fully recommend it. Um, I am Gareth A. Hopkins. Uh, Twitter at Gerthink. Website www.gerthink.com my abstract comics are on intercoursal.com and I've got a shop which if you're interested in buying some weird comics of me you can go and find yourself um, yes so that's it uh, I will hopefully 